Well, Merry Christmas. My name is Dave, one of the pastors. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you uh, for gathering. If you're with us online, thank you for joining us. It is a, a sweet gift to be able to sing alongside you uh, tonight, the day before Christmas. This month, we've been looking at the titles that Jesus possesses, some of those titles. And the titles help us give a growing understanding of who Jesus is so that we might live in response to the truth of who Jesus is still is today as he reigns and rules at the right hand of the Father. And tonight, I want to look at the title that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Roughly 30 years after Jesus was born, we read of this moment in the Gospel of John, John 1, starting in verse 29. The next day, John, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Then skipping to verse 34, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. What did John mean by the phrase Lamb of God? Because when we hear Lamb, we think words like tender and downy white and cozy and cute, and we say little lambs, and we talk like that. Jesus is a full-grown man when John points to him. He's a full-grown man and calls out, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Those listening to John publicly ascribe or give Jesus this title are not thinking cozy and cute. They're thinking instead, when they hear Lamb of God, they're thinking of one word, sacrifice. Sacrifice, a sacrifice that covers, because loved ones, Jesus is the perfect and sufficient sacrifice that covers our sin. He is the only one able to take away the sin of the human heart. Do you know him? Do you trust in him? Do you bow at at his feet in worship of him? Only Jesus was born sinless, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, The rest of humanity throughout all history, including you and I, are born with sin in need of covering. That even though we were formed by His loving and supernatural hands made in His image and likeness, since the days of Genesis 3, we have been prone to wander from Him, not worship Him. Prone to stray from Him, not surrender to Him. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. There is a cost to sin, of missing the mark, to perfectly love God and love others, which we all fall short of. And the penalty is incurred, and the penalty is separation. It's death. We were created to be in communion, in relationship with the one and only true God of love, but because of our sin, separation has occurred. But Romans 6.23 goes on to say, the second half of it, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So while the wages of sin, which we've all incurred, while the wages of sin separates us and leads to eternal death, the Lord has made a way possible to bring us into eternal life. Eternal life. And that way, the only way is through Christ Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, the sacrifice who takes away our sins. So to understand what John meant by Lamb of God, we must go back to the Old Testament. Genesis to Malachi in your Bibles, and and look at this theme of sacrifice, which points us forward to Jesus, the all-sufficient sacrifice, the sacrifice 
that it, that it covers. In Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve realize they've disobeyed the Lord, they, they have this moment, they realize where they have, they have believed the, the enemy's lies. The enemy's lies of, did God really say? And I think you should be your own authority. And I think that's where life is found. When they realize that they've rebelled against God's loving authority and said, no, we want to be our own kings and queens. We want to live life according to us, not according to the Lord's ways, which lead to life. We want to be our own kings and queens. When they hear the Lord's voice calling to them in the garden, after they've rebelled and wandered, what do they do? They run. They hide. Because they're filled with shame and guilt. They think that by running further, they can actually escape His voice. And yet they can't escape because our God is a supernatural God. He's not limited in any way. And while they will be sent out from the garden as a consequence for their sin, we read this in verse 21. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife, and he clothed them. The first sacrifice has already taken place. You can't have skins to make clothing without first sacrificing an animal. And the sacrifice, it covers. It covers their shame. Later in Genesis chapter 22, we read of the, the story of Father Abraham and his son Isaac. Abraham is the father of the Israelite nation, a people who the Lord has told Abraham will multiply and bless the nations and, and number like the stars in the sky. And this great nation would come through Abraham's son named Isaac, the son of promise. And then we read in Genesis 22, the first couple verses, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, the Lord said, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. The Lord is telling Abraham to sacrifice his, his son. And what does Abraham do? He walks by faith. He trusts that the Lord will provide a substitute for his son so that his son will live. He gets up early the next day, and him and his, his son Isaac, they set out. Verse 6, we read, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father, and he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. And at just the right time, as Abraham is nearly ready to sacrifice his one and only son, verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place, in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. The Lord provides a substitute sacrifice at just the right time for what reason? For the salvation of and the life of Isaac. And for the life of the nation that will come through his family line. 
And then the story continues, and the Israelite nation is growing into millions through the son of promise, Isaac. And they become enslaved by the Egyptians, and the Lord works through Moses to set his people free from slavery, and the Lord uses plagues to break the pride of Pharaoh. He gets to the tenth plague, the final one. This will be the one to break Pharaoh's pride because it is the death of every firstborn male, including Pharaoh's son, the prince. And prior to this plague, the Lord instructs his people to sacrifice lambs, lambs without blemish, to spread and then to spread the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of their homes. And by doing so, the angel of death will pass over their home. Their firstborn in the home won't die because the lamb died in its place. The sacrifice of the lamb covers, and as a result, death is escaped and life is given. Instead, judgment passes over and salvation is given as a gift. And that system of sacrifice in the Mosaic law is throughout the entire Old Testament. As it relates to lambs, when a lamb was sacrificed, the Lord instructed that the lamb must be a male lamb without blemish, the firstborn of one's flock, and have no broken bones. And the purpose of animal sacrifice and offerings was for the forgiveness of sins, to cover the sin of the people because the wages of sin is death. And so throughout the Old Testament, the priests in the temple at Jerusalem sacrificed a lamb in the morning and in the evening, day in and day out. For hundreds of years, the Israelites brought lambs to the temple as a sacrifice for their sins. And they kept coming back year after year after year because no lamb could take away all their sin completely and finally. No lamb was sufficient to, to cover all their past, present, and future sin. And then we get to the book of the, uh, of the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah, we read of prophecies that point us forward to Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 points us forward to the birth of Jesus. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And then chapter 53 in Isaiah points us forward to the sacrifice of Jesus. Starting in verse 4, it says, Yet he himself bore our sicknesses, and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shears, Jesus did not open his mouth. We're all born like sheep, choosing to go our own way, rebelling and living separated from the Lord, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what went wrong in Genesis 3 will be made right. And while we are born separated, we might be joined in relationship with one true God. And the sin that separates us from the Lord might be covered by the sacrifice of the Lamb of God, Jesus. And here at Christmas, we celebrate the truth that all those Old Testament prophecies about Jesus pointing forward have come to pass. His birth, His life, His death, His resurrection on the third day. 
that the system of sacrifice the Lord set up in the Old Testament is just a shadow of the goodness that would come through the life and death and resurrection of Christ. Goodness and grace found in Jesus, the Lamb of God. Hebrews 10 tells us it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats and lambs to take away sin. So what we are in need of is something far, far better. Not a temporary sacrifice, but a sufficient one that has the power, the ability to cover all our past, present, and future sin. And such an offering is found only, only in Jesus Christ through His body, through His blood, who dealt with sin once and for all, according to Hebrews 10. A single sacrifice for all sin that was good for all time. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus and humble ourselves under His good and loving leadership, following Him as Lord, we are saved, given new life. Eternal judgment is no longer ours now. It will pass over. Instead, we are given new life in Him. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Where or who are you putting your trust in to cover your sin? Because we're all born in need of our sin being covered. Where or who are you putting your trust in to cover that sin? See, some of you are running and trying to hide in shame, thinking you've done too much wrong or you've not done enough right. You're running and trying to escape from the supernatural voice of the Lord who's calling you home because He loves you. Others of you are working so hard, trying to do good, look better than others, thinking that your good works day in and day out, that your sin will be covered then. You're basically thinking these temporary daily sacrifices of good works will save you. And you're exhausted. You're enslaved to this works-based, man-based, religious idea of good works will bring salvation. And others of you are proudly thinking that you don't need, you don't need saved. You don't need your sin covered because you're trusting in yourself. No matter where we're at in that, no matter what we might relate to, I want to remind us of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of God's grace. Jesus, the Lamb of God, was born this day not just to live the perfect, sinless life, but also to die in our place, to be our sacrificial substitute, and so that by His wounds we could be healed, set free, covered, no longer in shame and guilt or pride, but rather in His righteousness, in His goodness, in His holiness, no longer defined by our sin, but by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And through grace alone and through faith alone, in Christ alone, you can rest. You can rest, loved ones, in the sufficient sacrifice of Jesus. And by His power, you're set free from shame and condemnation. You're set free from a false works-based religion. You're set free not so that you can go serve yourself, but so that you can enjoy life here on this earth and into eternity knowing that you are in Christ, found in Him, hidden in Him. His blood covering your life so that you're set free to worship Him and love Him and grow in your devotion to Him. Just as the Lord provided to Abraham a substitute to save Isaac's life, so the Lord has provided at just the right time in the sovereign providential wisdom 
of our God at just the right time, His one and only Son, Jesus, to bear the full penalty and weight of sin. The debt of sin that we had racked up. Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, paid in full through His death and then conquered sin, death, and the devil on the third day. And now, by God's grace, we have the opportunity to be near the Lord, enjoy the Lord, draw near to Him, be in relationship and in communion with Him, not just in this life, but for all eternity. Psalm 103, 11 and 12. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. It's one of my favorite uh, chapters in Scripture. But 11 and 12 says this, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love toward those who fear Him, meaning those who bow to Him, those who live in awe of Him, those who worship Him and not themselves. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. This is good news for us day in and day out, loved ones. And if you don't know Christ, this is good news for you to come to know Christ and trust in Him today. Father God, thank you for sending your Son as the Lamb of God, as our sacrifice, as the sufficient one to take away the sins of this world. God, thank you that the sacrifice of Christ covers our sin, past, present, and future that it is a sufficient, all-encompassing sacrifice that when Jesus hung on that cross, he said, it is finished. That, that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1 reminds us of. I pray for those who are real, riddled with shame or guilt or condemnation, prone to hide or run that they would run to you instead and they would experience your grace, your forgiveness, and that you would set them free. For those that are striving, thinking that their good works are somehow bringing acceptance, I pray that they would rest and trust in the sufficient sacrifice of, of you, Jesus. Knowing that salvation is not through works, but through faith alone and by grace alone. And for all of us, I pray that you would give us a humility to worship you and trust in you and not, at our, not in ourselves. I thank you that you are so good to us to cover our pride, our shame, our guilt, our striving. Cover us in your righteousness through faith alone. We trust you. Grow our trust for you in this Christmas season. Grow our hope in you. We serve you, Jesus Christ. Thank you for first loving us. We pray this in your name. Amen. First Peter 1 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And then verse 21, Through Christ you have come to trust in God and you have placed your faith and hope in God because you raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. I pray that we would be a people who would put our wholehearted faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ because he's never forsaken. He's never walked out. He's fully trustworthy. He is eternal and he's good.